0: Listen, if you've been a Scorsese fan as long as I have, you know that his movies can really be a roller coaster of emotions, and with his latest being a 3 hour plus mafia epic, you know I had to interrogate Zack about it, considering he got to see it early and was in the same room as these legends. Let us explain.
1: So, what we do on Let Us Explain is dive deep on something that we can't stop thinking about for other people who can't stop thinking about that thing, too. That means we'll be talking about some spoilers, but we're not going to get too heavy mm-hmm. into them because this is a movie that's not out yet. Yeah, so don't worry if that's not your thing. We're Before we jump into the spoilers, let's talk more generally about The Irishman. I'm your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me... I heard he paints houses.
0: It's Arturo Zurita. Hey, I have no idea what that means. We're making this video because Zach was able to catch the freaking premiere of this movie. Like, there's the premiere, then the critics got to see it, and there was a seat right next to Zach, but I was back home in Chicago, couldn't go to New York. He had a free seat right there with who in the crowd? Um...
1: I mean, I believe we saw Marty Scorsese, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. And then the one that really Joe ticks Pesci. me off, Joe Pesci. I want,
0: I've been wanting, oh my goodness. So this is a movie I'm very excited for because for myself, growing up with AMC Mobster Month, uh, I always that was my shark week before the month. Uh, I loved it so much. And now that this movie's about to be out, I was like, all right, look, I haven't seen it, but we've done this before. Sometimes I haven't seen the movie or you haven't seen the movie and we'll be able to answer each other's questions. So if you haven't seen The Irishman, don't worry. I'm not gonna get spoiled for myself, but what I hear is that it's almost the penultimate mobster movie for a man who almost I don't didn't create the genre, but when it comes to like mentioning some of the best mobster movies out there, a lot of people would go with Scorsese, his Goodfellas, his casino, and now he's got not a swan song per se, right? But we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I'm excited.
1: Absolutely, we'll, we'll get into a lot more detail. Uh, but yeah, I was lucky enough to catch that uh, world premiere of The Irishman at the New York Film Festival. Uh, this is the latest Marty Scorsese movie, hey. a guy who has made some of the most iconic movies in cinema history. And as you mentioned, par- particularly, he's made some of the most iconic uh, M- mobster and crime movies in history. Yep. Whether that's Mean Streets, whether that's <laughs> Yeah uh, from the Start, uh, Goodfellas, whether that's Departed, he's uh, he's an iconic filmmaker, and uh, he's reuniting with one of his favorite. <sighs> on-screen partners, Robert De Niro, another yes, one of his frequent on-screen collaborators, Joe Pesci, and somebody My who, like it's it's kind of mind-boggling to think that they've actually never made a film together, him and Al Pacino. And this is a movie that takes into uh, consideration kind of the actor's legacy, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the big thing that people have been talking about in the lead-up to the movie is that they spent a lot of money on this de-aging process to make Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino all look younger, like their more younger selves in several scenes in this movie. Uh, so that's a, a lot of what people have been talking about, but to me, that's ultimately not the most interesting thing about this movie. Uh, but I don't know where you wanted to start out with uh, in regards to The Irishman.
0: I'll start off with, before anybody goes to see this movie, how much Scorsese should you be catching up on? What specific Scorsese should be ca- catching up on leading up to this movie, especially because... Of the content matter and how it how it uh it's looking at older mobsters rather than the good fellas that we remember watching in the nineties. Right. Well, I think one of the things about this movie, uh, being that it's
1: nearly three and a half hours long, and when I say mm-hmm. nearly, I mean it's three hours and twenty nine minutes long. Uh, is that it, it? It's trying to create that history for you in a way. Uh, what the de-aging ultimately serves in this movie is so that you can get a full sense of their lives. It's not so that they can be uh, 30 or 40 or 50 for the duration of the movie. It will. It does lead to them being older men. Uh, it's just so all of that, you can see that transition in one package. So... I don't know if you necessarily need to have seen a lot of the Scorsese movies to appreciate that okay. journey. That being said, I think that because Goodfellas is so integral to the the, the beats of this genre, because Mean Streets is so uh, integral to the beats of this genre, and because those are also famed collaborations with the likes of Robert De Niro, with the likes of Joe Pesci, that will add to your enjoyment of the movies also, it's because those movies have such such a more violent legacy that I think uh, seeing the contrast in The Irishman would be helpful. So, you know, if I'm uh, preparing homework for somebody, I say you have to see Goodfellas. You probably should see Mean Streets, Casino and The Departed. Uh, you know, there's probably a few others that you could throw in there. Most of the stuff that uh, he's done with De Niro, you know, I mean. Taxi driver is probably something that will uh, Be worth watching Before this movie even though it's Sort of unrelated mm-hmm. But ultimately it, it, It's kind of I think that's part Of the reason it's so long is that it can Kind of stand up on its own
0: Okay that that's regard. good that's pretty dope uh, I don't know if, feel free to add some other Stuff my biggest thing when it comes to a cast like this Is the acting
1: yeah and, and you know Which actor great I'm... cast yeah I mean the Thing is you know there are some people who have been talking about Some of the other roles um but it's basically the the people that I mentioned who are the most uh, notable people in it. There's actually a, a surprisingly prominent Ray Romano part that's pretty fun in this movie. Really? Too. Yeah, yeah. He's
0: been doing that a lot lately, just appearing in movies and going like, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody uh, loves Raymond.
1: Yeah, and Bobby Cannavale shows up a bit. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. So, so give me the, really... give me the
0: scope of the story uh, of it being three hours, and you're telling me does it jump back and forth? Is it done chronologically? There it's done pretty much
1: chronologically. It has a classic framing of a guy talking about his life. So, love uh, it. it opens on Robert De Niro in a ro- in retirement home. So, you know, we are jumping back and forth in that sense, where it's the older do- Robert De Niro reflecting on his life. Uh, but I, it goes from that part. It, it does, and there is a little bit of time jumping throughout the movie, but for the most part, it's chronological, That's and cool. it goes from Robert De Niro in that retirement home to him when he's younger. I will say it is a little bit fuzzy because, you know, while the de-aging for the most part looks good, it's not exactly clear how old they're always supposed to be. Uh, Mm. Joe Pesci, when he's introduced to Robert De Niro's character, calls him kid. And De Niro does not look like a kid. kid. He looks like he's at least 39. Uh, But,
0: you know, it it works, I guess. Say nobody told you about the de-aging, right? That wasn't something they pushed at all as a marketing gimmick. And you go in there and you go... Because Marvel surprises with those several times. Is that Michael right. that Douglas? That wasn't a big part you know? of the like hype around yeah. the Marvel movie. Yeah. So if it wasn't movies, a part they they of the kind of hype, do you think it would have caught you off guard as well? In the sense of you not having to go in with those expectations, and you just sit there and, you, and it hits you with it, and you'd be like, "That's interesting. I didn't know they were going to do that." I mean, yeah. I think I think it maybe would have uh,
1: not been so much of the focus. But the thing is that so much of the movie is involved with the aging. I'd say that there's like, no way you at can't least mention it. Seventy-five okay. percent of the time that De Niro's <laughs> on screen. He is D. Okay, that's just bringing so, up more questions. But go ahead. So it, it's the it's the thing that it's so prominent that you can't help but notice it, and you know while while it works for the most part in the scenes where they're very still, it, it's in the scenes where they have to move around more that I think hmm. it doesn't work as well. There's a moment where Robert De Niro throws a guy to the curb and then tries to sort of like kick him while he's down on the curb, and the the, the actor I mean the character is clearly in his 40s, the actor is clearly in his 70s.
0: Is this a uh, Captain Marvel uh, Samuel L. Jackson effect where kind he was of, running yeah. like Samuel Jackson's real age and not the, what, 20, 30-year-old he was supposed to be?
1: Exactly. There's a really amusing uh, moment in that Q&A from the New York Film Festival I sent you a link to before. We'll yeah. make sure to link it down below uh, where Scorsese was actually talking about how they were filming a scene and somebody pointed out to him that Pacino didn't quite get up the right way. Yeah. Uh, and they're talking to Pacino it's and huge. they're like, uh, Al, you know...
0: The character's 49, and you're getting out of your chair like you're a 70-year-old. <laughs> so. The same thing happened in Captain Marvel. They said the same thing to uh, Samuel Jackson. That's been one of the most interesting things with the aging, that they're forgetting that the effects doesn't affect the way you move your body. So uh, right, that's interesting. Right. And th- that's so,
1: something that maybe we'll uh, see in the future. But it wasn't distracting enough for you. Yet. Right. You know, it didn't It didn't fully take me out of the movie, but it was something that I was paying attention to. I think maybe if I wasn't in, you know, that first audience where it's like I'm trying to test whether or not it works, uh, I might mm. not be paying attention to it as much. I know? feel you. Now that I've told you about it and you have yeah. an expectation going in, it might be
0: able to fade a little bit more into the background for you. Okay. Because, you know, he's done stuff like Hugo in the past, so it's not like he hasn't been effects heavy yeah. either, which... Some people have made a big deal. And and that
1: being said, you know, like it's ultimately through the performances where this thing will work better or or work worse. And I think that the performances are really good. You know, De Niro is still really compelling. And even if, you know, his face still reads age, I I think he's good at expressing when he's not supposed to be as young, as old or as experienced. Um, And you definitely get the progression of his character. You know, I think really where the movie and where the acting shines in those later moments, once the the aging has sort of been wiped away and the actors are allowed to show some signs of, of aging. Um, Mm -hmm. that's when their performances really get special to me, both Pesci and De Niro. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I think ultimately it's the first two thirds kind of really serves the, the latter third. Um, in that sense, is it a little slow? Maybe, yeah. I mean, it still mm, is um, a not Scorsese. That, yeah. it, it's still a Scorsese crime movie, so all his all of his movies have a certain pace to them, and there's banter and there's fun moments, but you know, it's it's it's, it's an extended movie, and um, I will say that even at three hours twenty nine minutes, it felt it felt faster than some two hour movies I've seen. Faster than Silence, as previous. Yeah, definitely faster than Silence. Although, you know, Silence actually might be an interesting thing to add to that homework assignment list. Because the end of this movie is much more contemplative in the way that Silence is.
0: The way that you've described it to me, it's more, uh, it's these guys contemplating life. Which, again, that's some of the most recent stuff that he did with uh, his his Catholicism. Which is a big reason why he had made Silence and had been wanting to make that for a long time. Uh, Talk to me about Joe Pesci. I'm just going to cut to the chase. Tell me about Joe Pesci. Well, this is
1: such an interesting performance for him too because it's it, he is such a warmer character than I think we're really? used to seeing him portrayed as. You know, he's got he's this wise guy. guy. And in, in, in a lot of his movies, you know, uh, the iconic Joe Pesci scene is Funny, Funny How where he is threatening like someone. Yeah. And, and I think in this movie you see a much more uh, reasonable guy, a much more in control guy. He's, crazy. He and De Niro have a very loving relationship in the movie, you know. Uh, and I think it's a very great performance because, uh, you know, I, on Twitter I was seeing a lot of reactions about who was the standout actor in this movie, and it, to me it seemed like pretty 50-50 on people complimenting Joe Pesci and people complimenting Al Pacino. Mm, and I like while I get, I get the Al Pacino comments because Al Pacino is a really, you know, dynamic screen presence and he has a fun role. This is kind of like. Classic Al Pacino. He's he's loud. He's yelling. He, he's uh, you know ma- he he's being the center of attention. It's not necessarily something we're not used to from Al. Did- but this is something that's a lot gentler than what we're used to seeing from Joe Pesci. From Joe, Pe- okay. A- and there's like an intimacy to his performance that I thought was really stunning. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, the movie follows. Uh, follows them through years and years, and as you see Pesci grow older, you, you see the ways that his character kind of softens and um, it, and he loses some of the some of the 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 power that he had in the beginning of the movie. And I think that's some of the most effective stuff in the film. Oh, interesting. seeing seeing the way that uh he kind of changes throughout time.
0: So would you say he's more aggressive in his interviews than oh, he is absolutely. in the movie? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He's
1: That's much more uh, cantankerous in the Q&A uh, than he is throughout Irishman. To come off,
0: to come off of the de-aging it. and uh, specifically focusing on Martin Scorsese, so do you think hiring actors who are younger to just portray them would have been a better effect than uh, the de-aging? So, I mean... Now we're we- also talking Marty also embraced Netflix. Like right, we're, the, my right. next thing is going to be the Netflix talk, but to embrace Netflix, to embrace these effects when a lot of other people are still going up, got to be on film, got to be practical, uh cinema. And Marty seems to be getting a lot of things here. De-aging his actors with really big technology going to Netflix, a bunch of these different things, uh starting with that one. Did he make the right choice in de-aging or do you yeah, think it would have been better? He was talking about
1: how this is a project that other studios wouldn't say yes to because it did cost a lot of money and the the de-aging process was a big thing and you know for a while the technology just wasn't there even Mm -hmm. Um, so it it is interesting to sort of see him embrace this idea and there is that idea of like well could he have just cast other actors or could he have done this in another way and you know yeah. I, to to an extent like
0: I don't know how fair it is to criticize that because I'm not. We don't know that the, version and that version right. can also be just as corny when you're like that guy's supposed to be that. Yeah I mean, like it, look if you send me <sighs> the
1: script for the Irishman and you ask me to direct it I don't think that one of my first three thoughts is let's get old guys and de-age them. Yeah um, <laughs>
0: first of all you'd make it 90 minutes uh, <laughs> 159 million dollars is the reported budget for this thing.
1: And that's without a lot of the marketing costs that usually get Factored into stuff like that, so uh, th- that is a big, big bet for Netflix. Um, would I have gone a different route than doing the de aging? P- potentially, I see the benefit of. We're doing now Scorsese, yeah. I I think like maybe it would have worked a little bit better in the more traditional uh, getting a younger actor and aging them up mm-hmm. idea, but you know. We mentioned the idea of this being kind of like a legacy me- movie for mm-hmm. Scorsese. And like if you buy into the idea of the metatextual narrative sort of enhancing this film, if you buy into the idea that knowing De Niro and Scorsese made Goodfellas together, made Mean Streets together, made all these movies that have such a violent legacy uh, to them and are now revisiting that under sort of a different context, under the uh, circumstances of being later in their life and reflecting on all they've done. Yeah. Um, if that all sounds interesting to you, then the, the de-aging process is worth it. Because it adds so much to the to the idea that this is something that these guys are putting out as a statement. Um, if you're just looking for like what would have made the movie The Irishman most effective, then maybe getting somebody a little younger in there uh, for the majority of it yeah. could have oh, worked. Then, yeah, no, that's a great that's way to put it. That's not what the purpose of the movie is. Yeah.
0: Then I really do think you should be watching and seeing the relationships these collaborators have had with each other. I feel absolutely, like yeah. yeah,
1: And you know, for us, for guys like us, that's really interesting yeah. to see how uh, they've evolved. And you know, uh, there's a moment in the movie where uh, De Niro shows up and the de aging. Te- technology makes him look not just like a younger De Niro. It makes him look like taxi driver De Niro. It's really That's weird. That's scary. Yo, he yeah. looked
0: like, what's his name in Neighbors 2 <laughs> when he comes out dressed <laughs> up as him? Yeah, I gotta ask this question. looks like Dave qu- Franco I, for some Yeah, reason. I gotta ask this question. Yeah. They're all Italian. Yes. From what I know, they've been Italian. Why the hell is it called the Irishman? So
1: I believe De, De Niro's character, De Niro's character is Irish. Um, I think he learned Italy while he was stationed in Sorry, learned Italian Italian. when he was stationed in Italy during a war uh, for his character in the movie. But his character in the movie is Irish. And Joe Pesci is also Irish? No, Joe Pesci is Italian. Just about everybody else that shows up in the movie is Italian. Okay. It's not even the title that I would have gone with. I mean, it's the Irishman is such a bland title, and I there's a part of me that thinks it's not the title Scorsese wanted to go with either, because there's two separate title cards in the movie for Get Out. There, there's it says I hear you paint houses, which is the name of the book that it's based on, and to me is a badass title, especially once you know that paint houses is kind of
0: like mob slang for kill people. Yeah. I hear this you is paint like when, houses. Bro, this is like when they removed uh, and they called it uh, Live, Die, Repeat or Edge of Tomorrow <laughs> edge when of tomorrow. originally it should have been All You Need is Kill. Yeah. That's, oh my goodness. Maybe yeah, We're in the age he, of multiple getting titles getting for movies, somewhere. I guess. Yeah. Interesting. He yeah, get but what 150- else did you want to know?
1: I mean, like, uh, you know, I well, like I've mentioned, I thought this was a really interesting movie that fits into the legacy, although it's not necessarily better than films like Goodfellas or The Departed mm-hmm. or Casino. I think particularly in its last hour, hour and a half, really uh, has a lot to say Like similarly to those movies. Uh, so, and it's totally worth watching if you like those types of films.
0: Uh, in terms of just 2019 within the year, uh, is it up there in your top 10 for you personally? Um, you know, when I... I when I finished watching it, I
1: didn't think that it was going to rank very highly for me. And then I kind of sat down and with my list on Letterboxd and I was looking at some of the other stuff I've seen. It's like, you know, there so is kind of a lot there. It's new Scorsese. It's it's new Scorsese. It's, a, it's, new Scorsese. it's There's All only right. so low that I can rank it. I kind of had the same thing. We, we talked about the new Tar- Tarantino. I, I walked ooh, out of it kind it was
0: of... Just about to ask you, if you had to yeah, compare I, the two, who did the better release this year?
1: And that's a really good question. We uh, had I, new
0: Scorsese, new Tarantino this year, bro. And they're probably going to be insane. going
1: head-to-head at the Oscars uh, in many ways. So. so
0: that'll bring my other question where it comes to the categories where you think it should be nominated. There was a big announcement that Netflix is really pushing its um, uh, technical aspects of this movie from cinematography yeah. to the de-aging uh, in order to be something. I don't know how that's going to do with Disney and, you know, the movies they got that right. are also doing the same thing. But Right. Well, yeah.
1: um, if you look at some films like uh, Benjamin Button or whatever that have done some mm-hmm. – is similar-ish ideas. They've gotten visual effects nominations, so I wouldn't be surprised if this got into some uh, some categories like that. Can it beat um, the raccoon talking? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I I also don't know what the visual effects branches are really looking for. Well, so. I
0: think what they're looking for, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they're looking for movies that are like theme parks, yes. and that way, you know, there's a, a lot more visually to be seen. And I'm not sure if Martin Scorsese, <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, yeah. it's not really the type of movie that he makes, so. Um, um, I, I would not be surprised to see this in a few categories like uh, visual effects, uh, maybe in production design, uh, probably in cinematography, as are, are most Scorsese movies. They're very compellingly shot. Uh, Steve Zalian, who wrote the screenplay, I, I think will get nominated. I think that the question when it comes to supporting actor is if this movie will get one nomination or two, not whether Sick. or not it'll be in there. Okay. Um, you know, I think ultimately. Uh, it's one of those movies where maybe once the awards start coming in and everybody starts giving awards to Pesci or everybody starts giving awards to Pacino, uh, one guy will sort of fade to the back of the race. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if either one necessarily, uh, stands a better chance than the, than the other, I would guess just as an Oscar observer, uh, that Joe Pesci, given that he has not been in a movie in over 10 years, um, has a better shot here. Um, I could see De Niro getting in for acting, too. You know, we've talked on other InterCut episodes about how this is a stacked year for Best Actor, which is the only reason why I feel like maybe he's not a lock. Mm-hmm. Um, but in recent years, it's felt like when a movie is uh, a frontrunner for Oscars, it doesn't just get, like, two or three nominations. It gets, like, five or seven. So yeah. if Irishman is really going to stay in this frontrunner status, I would, I would expect a couple acting nominations. Uh, maybe best director nomination for Scorsese, and probably a best picture nomination as well.
0: Intriguing. I got one last one because obviously once we see it, we'll be doing another follow up uh, yeah. when it comes to it. Because I know, like you've been saying, that meta, that maturity in it that it has. Like he's almost looking back on his own career, and he, he was able to get all the people who he's worked with or hasn't worked with, uh, but we've known as these icons. I'm sure there's a lot more to talk about. But it's so crazy that I want to not necessarily end it, but really push it on this question that who knew would be a topic before? There will be a trend on do you want to watch the movie on Netflix at the beginning of the month or do you want to or do you want to catch it in theaters at the beginning of the month or just wait till Netflix at the end of the month? There is several movies, Two Popes, Laundromat. It's happening for right now. It's going to happen for this one. It's going to happen for a lot of Netflix releases coming out including Amazon releases like the Aeronauts where you can see it on December 1st in theaters or you could wait to maybe see it. I I mean, I don't know. They don't have to guarantee that it's going to be on the site, but that happened with Roma last year as well. So catch it in theaters or wait till later. I ask you, with a three hour and something movie, I know my answer is see it in theaters because it's Scorsese, but would you tell the majority of the general audience should they see it uh, in the comfort of their own home or is it worth rushing out to theaters? Well, I would definitely not recommend watching it
1: at 9 in the morning the way that I did in theaters. That's not necessarily uh, what I want to do. And
0: well, not everybody else had Joe Pesci at the screen too, <laughs> true, you know? True, true. Like,
1: there's certain incentives that brought me there, and yeah. I don't regret it. Uh, but I don't think that's the ideal way to watch a three-and-a-half-hour gangster epic from Martin Scorsese. Uh I think there's something to be said about putting yourself in a movie theater and subjecting yourself to the story kind of sans distraction, especially mm. a story that's kind of slow and meditative and builds like this one. You know, True. Uh, it, it's not exactly silence, but the way that I feel like silence, you, it's much easier to, vote, to, vote, to devote your attention to it if you're in a movie theater rather than at home next to your cell phone, next to your bathroom, next to your I dog. Agree. Uh, I, agree. I just don't know if this is the kind of movie that necessarily... Uh, benefits from the distractions that are around mm-hmm. you in the home. For that sure. being said, I know That's there's a lot sad. of people who don't want to sit in a theater for three, <laughs> for and, a three and, a and, and a half
0: hours. Um, Dude, I could not do that for Once Upon uh, Once Upon a Time. I, I, the movie had nothing to do with it. The movie has nothing to do with my butt cheek sitting in the music box right? getting canker sore. Like, yeah, so that, that would be the one thing. I'd, but if you are able to see in a theater with the recliners that we now have, Exactly that and that's the other thing is I think
1: the fact that it's Netflix and Netflix movies don't play at AMC's and they don't play at regals Also complicates it for some people because wow, you're you, right. That's true you They have that whole thing.
0: Wow. You talk to me
1: about how you have a chance to see it wow. But it's in the least comfy theater that's around yeah. you and, You know, I don't know if I want to tell you to sit in like a wooden chair for three and a half hours to watch this movie Uh if you Scun if you do bags, have that recliner that's right. If you do you have that recliner deny- treatment
0: Scorsese, just because it's a Netflix movie that explains so much of the releases that are only at the music box right now. Not even Little Monsters, because it's going to be on Hulu at the end of the month. Can exactly. be played on AMC, and you're exactly. going to ignore Martin Scorsese, Two Popes by the guy who did City of. Go- that's a whole other video right there. Yeah. Don't even get me started. Wow. You know yeah, what? So Support like, uh, Netflix. Support your local <laughs> st- indie streaming sites. That's ridiculous, man. That's yeah, crazy. To, so, I don't know. To to me, that's me the out. thing. It's like I do think
1: it's a movie that's better experienced in the theater, but. I, I'm also realistic, and I'm not, I'm not going to tell you to drive an hour away to like the comfy theater that yeah. happens to be, be playing this Scorsese. Bro, I did feet.
0: that for silence, and I had to sit like this because the seats were all jacked up. I was like, look, I'm not asking for a massage chair yeah. for three hours. Take care of my cheeks for a little bit. like I don't know, man. <laughs> How's your popcorn? Like $27, three payments of $29.99, but I can't get a comfortable seat over here. Yeah, that really sucks that AMC is not playing it, and those are the number one recliner, people. Damn. That's st- okay. All right. I got you there. How would you compare it? uh, You know, a lot of people are mobster fans. Do you think they're going to get the mobster itch that they want? or Are they going to go into this? Kind of like a lot of people did with Tarantino and went, oh, is it for the film nerds?" Isn't it Tarantino? There was no action till the end.
1: I mean, when you say that, I'm assuming you're talking about somebody who has a little bit of knowledge of like the history of crime in the USA. You're going in
0: there wanting to see a Goodfellas 2. Are you going to be
1: disappointed? And the thing that we haven't mentioned yet is that Al Pacino plays Jimmy Hoffa in this movie. Like, the, the oh, yeah, legendary... Yeah,
0: I that up a little bit. Yeah, I was like,
1: what? Like, head of the Teamsters and, and notorious mob operator. Uh, you know, like, that's... It, it, the, the way that the movie sort of... Uh, crosses paths with history like almost like a forest gumpian crossing paths through history is kind of is intriguing and adds another layer to it that's the thing that's most interesting in the middle bit of the movie to me um so if you are somebody who's just very interested in the 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 mob genre of films uh, there's definitely a lot here for you yeah sounds good sounds good all right i'm excited Absolutely. Well, I think that's about all for this edition of Let Us Explain. We'll be back with more thoughts on The Irishman once Art gets a chance to see it. But uh, if you've seen it or if you're looking forward to seeing it, let us know in the comments down below or by shooting us an email, intercutpod at gmail.com. You can also catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram or Letterboxd at Z And check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash art.
0: Where can people catch more from you? Find me at The A to Z Show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, I think, if it wasn't something that I mentioned. Also, let me explain on the similar sites. Uh, but you can catch me here every week on The Intercut Podcast.
1: Yeah, you can listen to every episode of The Intercut Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher. I happen to like Overcast. Then make sure you're subscribed not just to The Audio Podcast, but to the video feed as well on YouTube.com slash IntercutPod, where you can catch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of The Intercut Podcast every week. And please leave us a comment like the video Considering heading over to iTunes to leave us A five star five star review And like our Facebook Instagram And Twitter pages all of them are at Intercut pod to get updates Throughout the week from me from art From all the guests that we feature here On intercut thanks again For tuning in and until next time Whenever whenever somebody tells You they're a little concerned They're very concerned
0: Wish I knew what that meant I will soon <laughs>